0: Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. fans and welcome to this friday edition of bobcat radio here on the 26th of august this is your host justin brown and i'm joined with the wonderful presley davis and my producer today joey gonzalez we have a great show for today containing breaking news from rattler football nation texas state volleyball this weekend against uiw we got texas state soccer just played against texas a&m corpus christi we got recordings from the texas state football conference and big news out of the nba but before we get to all of that let's throw it to presley from a word from our sponsor
1: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Texas, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eat, drinks, scenic views.
0: Thank you very much, Presley. But yes, as I was saying, we have huge news out of Rattler Football Nation, and that means San Marcos High School. San Marcos High School football, just Wednesday, from an article from the San Marcos Daily Record, it just stated that San Marcos' high school football team received a recommendation for a two-year ban from the playoffs by the district 27 6a district executive committee now that's a bunch of legal jargon but what does that mean i will give you some more insight apparently John Walsh, San Marcos athletic director and head football coach, said several players who transferred were ruled ineligible for transferring for athletic reasons. They were also playing on the same select youth football team as middle schoolers. Now, this has been a violation to a few UIL rules, and the district executive committee suggests a playoff ban due to these these numerous accounts of um, players that are un, un-, un- to play. Sorry about that. And there was allegations of recruiting, which was quite alarming. But John Wall said, "I told our kids we can only control what we control and make sure that if the ruling gets overturned, we're ready to play and we qualified, ourse- qualified ourselves in the playoffs." But why did I just why did I bring this up? I just wanted to hear what y'all's thoughts were on. You know, many of us we're not athletes, but what would it be like if you were told in the beginning of the season that your playoff aspirations can't come?
1: I mean, we saw last season they had such a great season, and it's just kind of heartbreaking if you're a senior, even the juniors, that you know you're going to do your regular season, but after that, it's just you go straight to offseason. You don't have that postseason, and it's kind of a thing. Recruiting in high school is not uncommon anymore. I feel like it's just more and more people are doing it, and also, I mean, if you have a good team, if you have a bright future you're going to have transfers coming in you're going to have people wanting to come play for you so it's kind of a tricky situation but my heart just goes out to those guys because just an awful awful way to start your season just knowing that that's going to be the end of it
2: yeah it's got to be a little frustrating I mean a lot of the players I mean guys that have been here around we've seen Isaiah DeLeon he's been a player that's been around the Sam Marcus Rattler team but I mean you have this pop up just days before the start of the high school football season. And it kind of puts a kink in the plans, but for those um, real big high school football junkies, if you go to section 400 of the UIO rule book, they started going into detail about transfers. Um, if you transfer due to um, um, family situations, um, you're allowed to transfer as long as um, you follow certain rules. But if you go down to section four forty. Three, I believe, yes, uh, it talks about the common indicators, and this is going to be a little bit more the legal stuff that Justin was going into. But some common indicators, um, committees should include their considerations, but are not limited to checking to see if a student was recruited, asserting whether a student was in good standing in the previous school, either uh, academically or in sports program, determining if a student was unhappy with the previous school, and determining if a student played on a non-school team and transferring to a school where members of the school team attended, Justin talked about how um, some of the players played um, select ball with some other kids. So. Um, there's, there's a lot of gray area right now. I mean, we don't know the, the exact details, um, according to, um, the St. Marcus high school, they say that recruiting wasn't involved. So I mean, it's going to be interesting
0: to see and the way that they're able to kind of, um, navigate this situation. Yeah, hundred percent. you know, they're going to try and appeal this process. I mean, obviously as any coach or athletic director would do. And I mean, it's a that's a that's a that's a process that will take time and it's a process that you know not many people have control over especially an athletic director and a coach in this situation because UIL rules as you said I'm so glad we have Joey here to read us the UIL (laughs) handbook I don't know what I would do without him Um, but yes no that is just a heartbreak for many seniors and many juniors because the playoffs are a place to show off your talent you know it's a last opportunity for you to put everything on the line for you know scouts we're getting into college opportunities for opportunities after high school so you know my heart goes out to all of those players that cannot perform in the playoffs we feel bad We're very sorry for you. I hope that y'all will be able to showcase tonight, though, because we got a game tonight. We got the first game for Rattler football. If you guys have nothing to do and you want to get that football itch, it's not Texas State football, but it's San Marcos football. And it's going to be here tonight in San Marcos High School at 730 p.m. And if you can't go out and go there yourself and drive your car, we got that broadcast on KTSW 89.9 tonight. So don't worry. We will have that for y'all. But. Guys, I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this new season for the Rattler football team. Now, besides this drama, I know there's some new, there's some players from last year. Isaiah DeLeon did amazing. I just want to hear your thoughts. We have Cutter Gage Webb. He's a commit to Texas state. He'll be coming here for the baseball program, which it's funny that he's playing as a wide receiver for the football team. But I just want to hear your thoughts on this Rattler football team this year. What are they going to have to do in this new district to perform even despite this drama from the playoffs?
1: I mean, you have this new season. I remember last year I was talking about the new district and just how that's going to benefit them so much. You're playing these tougher teams. You're going to be – it's going to be more competitive. And it's like now these guys are going to be able to showcase that. And you kind of just got to look at the bright side of things. You know, it's new season, new district. Let's just see what we can do. And although you can't do postseason, you know, you still got to give it your all. And all. I mean, I was just thinking about this – playoff band doesn't just affect the football team it's the dancers cheerleaders those like it's like it doesn't just affect the team it's affecting the whole city because you don't have that experience anymore I know when I was in high school if we made playoffs like it's the biggest deal in the world we had pep rallies for it you had all these things that it's like they don't get that anymore and it just it's just an awful situation and heartbreaking like Jerry said to find out just a few days before the season starts it's like well what can you do now
2: yeah, the Good point you made there. I mean, you kind of forget. I mean, the football team. I mean, you, as you said, the band, the dance team. I mean, those are all teams involved. But you only, only can control what you can control right now. Um, right now, it's up in the hands of the district committee. But um, I mean, this is a team. You got to put yourself in a winning position. Uh, Justin, I believe you mentioned a second ago. Um, if this ban does get reversed, this is a this is a team who needs to be in playoff position because. I mean, you could you could have the band taken away, but if you still have a losing record, you're not going to be able to make the playoffs. So this is a team who has to go out tonight. I think um, I think you put out a statement tonight
0: and show that this is a team that is worthy of the playoffs. 100% Joey, and I think the best way to prove that you're worthy of the playoffs is to show some wins and put on a, hell of, uh, put on a great season, which I think that the Rattlers are definitely going to do. But yes, we will be right back. We're going to take a quick break here on Bobcat Radio. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. This is your host, Justin Brown. I'm joined with the wonderful Presley Davis and Joey Gonzalez on the board. We are back here. We just took a quick little break. We were just talking about the Rattler football drama and their performance tonight against Hutto, but we have some news from yesterday. Last night, Texas State Soccer played their first away game of the season against Texas A&M U, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and they got the win in this one, and now they're out to 3-0 this season. So far, they got the win 2-1 over Corpus Christi in the Dugan Stadium in Corpus Christi, Texas. But guys, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this game, and I wanted to look ahead to Sunday's game against the Houston Baptist Huskies this at 7 p.m. at home. I wanted to hear what y'all's thoughts were.
2: Well, uh, last Sunday, it was a very, very impressive performance at home whenever they defeated the Incarnate Word Cardinals. But, I mean, looking forward, I mean, you can't dwell on the past. This Bobcat team is 3-0 and in the Steve Holman era. Um, a goalkeeper battle, battle right now. Uh, Caitlin Chrisman and Beth Agee are both up for grabs. I guess we could talk about that here in a moment. But, I mean, just an offensive performance all game long. I mean, this is a Bobcat team who did not let – um, and get into their attacking third very much in this game, and they outshot the Islanders with a score of eighteen to six. I mean, just two dominant. Alexis Neal with a goal of her own, in addition to Kira Gonzalez with the goal also.
1: Yeah, I mean, this soccer team, like you said, the Holman era. I mean, he's starting off so strong. Like you don't, you can't ask anything more of a coach. And also, I mean, last weekend we had that record-breaking attendance. We People are getting behind the soccer team early, which I think is perfect if you want a successful season. You want that fan base. You want that crowd out there. So if you're not behind Texas State soccer now, you need to get behind them because they're the real deal this season. And, you know, I think Coach Holman is going to take these ladies very far. And hopefully they're, they stay on track because, I mean— can't ask for a better record than 3-0 right now.
0: I know, you can't. And the truth is, I look back at their previous seasons, and to see the impact that Holman's made since the year 2019, they haven't won their first two games of the season. Well, guess what? They just won their first three. <laughs> so I think Steve Holman is definitely doing something with this team. And I love how you mentioned the, the goalie rotation here. You know, these players have shown that that system actually does work. (laughs) This defense has really done a good job. You know, they received, um, I think, about six shots on goal yesterday, and, you know, only one of them went in. So that's a good performance, in my opinion. But, yes, the Texas State soccer will be playing this Sunday at home at 7 p.m., and we want to get more of that attendance again at the Texas State soccer field. So show up for that at 7 p.m. But, yes, we have some more Texas State sport news news for you today. One season starts today at 4.30 p.m., not here in San Marcos, but in San Antonio. And that's the Texas State volleyball team. As they are here, they are not here, sorry, they're in San Antonio this weekend at the Cardinal Classic. They'll be playing Houston Baptist Huskies. Yes, I just said that team earlier about Texas State soccer. Well, volleyball's playing them tonight at 4.30 p.m. And then tomorrow they'll be playing UIW at 12 and at 7 p.m., a back-to-back against UIW. I guess that's why they call it the Cardinal Classic. Classic. I just wanted to hear what your thoughts on Sean Hewitt's group of volleyball players this year. I know they got some new new additions, some new freshmen, and they will be going to Hawaii next weekend. What a transition from San Antonio to Hawaii. That sounds like a good one. I just want to hear your thoughts on this volleyball team. And what are you all looking forward to see this weekend?
1: I mean, they're coming off of a, their sixth straight season of 20 or more wins. So you're wanting to go for that seven. And I mean, like you said, Sean Hewitt, oh, he's just such a phenomenal coach. During his second season as head coach, he won 50 or more games in 70 games. And he's the second fastest coach to reach that milestone, which Susan Duke did it back in 1970 through 72 in 63 matches. So there's just seven matches of a difference. Like, that's not bad, especially for it being in the 70s to now. And, you know, you have your returners, Emily DeWalt, Janelle Fitzgerald, just beast on the court. And you you have this set up for success and especially going to Hawaii. You don't just, you don't travel like that when you don't have a strong team with you. You don't just spend all that money and go just to go and see what happens. You go because you're confident we can win it all. So, I mean, I'm excited for this Hawaii. I think they're going to just show everyone what Texas state volleyball has.
2: Well, this team should be so much fun to watch this year. Uh, We talked about the, the number of freshmen coming into this program. But I mean, if you're familiar with this program, coach Sean, Hewitt has done such a good job going from Karen Chisholm who had a successful program and he's come in and he's just absolutely had an impressive program. Last season, they were 20 and 12, 14 and two in conference play one game away from qualifying for the NCAA tournament when they fell to Southern Alabama. But I mean, this team is loaded this year. You got, um, as Presley just mentioned, Janelle Fitzgerald on the outside, you got Jada Gardner, Caitlin Buter, and there's also the 6'2 freshman Samantha Wunsch. I mean, this team, it's just one name after the other, you got, uh, Lauren Teske still on there, Emily DeWalt. I mean, every single girl on this team can make an impact. And this is going to be a team who, if they didn't make the tournament last year, I think this is the year that they get back. They made the NCAA tournament just, um, two three years ago so i mean this is a team who's hungry they know they can do it and i possibly think that they could um take it several matches
0: into the ncaa tournament yeah they definitely want to get into that ncaa tournament and they want to make a stretch like that and the way you do that is you start off nice in the season and that's what they're going to do because i truthfully believe that this texas state team is going to do great in this uiw classic and head over to hawaii and i love as sean hewitt said as much as this trip to hawaii is about business and about getting these games and these wins and it's 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 about team bonding as well so I think that Sean I'm glad that coach Sean Hewitt he wanted them to he talked about it yesterday when we interviewed him I'm not yesterday my apologies Wednesday when we interviewed him he said that I wanted the players to call me Sean and I think that was really cool because you know it shows that he's not just a coach he wants to be a mentor to them and wants to be you know someone they can look up to as a you know as a freshman you want to look up to your coach and who better to look up to the guy's 29 and 3 in conference matches so we talked about this Hawaii tournament they'll be going to on september 2nd and i wanted to tell you all the teams that they'll be facing against they'll be playing against hawaii on september 2nd at 12 a.m. our time. So I, I, I'm not aware of Hawaii time. I, I, I cannot give you that time. But UCLA on September 2nd as well, that same day. And then September 4th, they will be playing West Virginia. I mean, UCLA is a huge name. West Virginia as well is a bigger name. So I'm glad our volleyball team is going to be facing against this talent so early on in the season. I, I know last year they played against Oklahoma and some other ranked teams. I, I just wanted to hear you y'all's thoughts on playing against these upper ranked teams. And what does it do for a team giving them experience down the road? Well, last year they
2: got to play uh, the likes of Miami, uh, Texas A&M. They also got to play Kentucky. I believe that one was on the road. They also got to play number one UT on the road. Um, And, I mean, they kind of struggled, but they got to have that experience. But I think this year is the year that they rebound, not to mention UCLA is the number 12th ranked team in the nation at the moment. So, I mean, these are girls who I think this is the year that they want to go toe-to-toe. You beat UCLA. Um, you go over there in Hawaii and beat some other notable teams like West Virginia. If you could go in there and you could get the wins, I mean, that is a huge boost going into the rest of the season. Because then as soon as that tournament's over,
0: they come here for the Bobcat Invitational where they will start off against Sam Houston. I'm glad you're bringing up that Bobcat Invitational because they'll start Sam Houston on September 9th and then they'll be playing Ole Miss on the same day at 7 p.m. five hours later than that first bout and then on september 11th they'll be playing the famous school wake forest um at 12 p.m here at home so definitely come out to the bobcat invitation we'll be here all this uh next no sorry september 9th through the 11th definitely come out and support your lady bobcats and that but yes guys we have had talked about the tech state volleyball team and i just wanted to talk about not only Sean Hewitt's impact on the volleyball team, but I wanted to go back on to soccer. I know that we just passed on to it, but I want to talk about what, what this soccer team is going to have to do. um, You know, in these next few matches, definitely definitely, with Steve Holman. I mean, Steve Holman has definitely made an impact as you can see. I mean, if you're looking at this goalie rotation, I just wanted to hear who's the better goalie and who should be playing this Sunday, August 28th. I mean, I wanted to look back and hear what y'all have to think about this Incarnate Ward performance that we saw and the Texada Corpus Christi performance. I wanted to hear which goalie y'all think should be performing this Sunday in your opinion. I know it's hard to pick between the two, Beth, the G. And Caitlin Chrisman, correct. Well, I think what's going to happen is Beth Ag will play. Uh, Caitlin
2: Chrisman has two starts on the year. She played in the match against St. Mary's, and then she got the start against Corpus uh, Christi A&M. But not to mention, last year Beth Ag was a defensive player of the week for the Sun Belt Conference, and I believe it was week three. And Beth Ag, I mean, they stood behind her basically the whole season. So. I, I think that uh, Coach Steve Holman will want to see uh, Beth A G, but, I mean, it's just so hard to make a determin- determination right now. I mean, this Texas State Bobcat team is playing such good defense right now. I mean, they've barely allowed any shots – in most of these games, I mean, one save a piece, I believe, is what the first three games have showed for St. Mary's, Carnal Word, and the Islanders. I mean, if you look at the shot comparisons right here, shots by period, the Texas State Bobcats are out shooting their opponents 62 to 13. So um, when you've only allowed your opponents to have 13 shots, it's real difficult to tell who's the better goalkeeper whenever the uh, goalkeepers kind of idle inside their own goal.
0: Yeah, I guess you're just going to have to see more shots to determine that down the road. I'm getting a little too excited, I guess. We're only three games ask in. Ask us
1: midseason. Yeah, <laughs> ask us
0: midseason. I guess that's when Coach will make that decision. But, guys, I'd like to take a transition into some national sports uh, since we have the time here. Um, you know, I found out some huge news the other day, and you guys may have seen it on your phone or, um, or you know, on TV, because this was about everywhere, NBA news, guys. Uh, Chet Holgram. One of the huge nba picks this year selected by the okc he was playing with josh giddy in the summer league things were looking exciting um this player made a huge impact in the in in the college level we saw him make a huge impact and we saw him with the usa team do that as well so now he came to the nba and unfortunately suffered a lis frank injury to his left foot while guarding LeBron James in the Pro-Am. I'm not making that up. I just wanted to hear what y'all's thoughts on how this will impact OKC and their season this year.
2: Well, I think it's hard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, this is a team who... Uh, about two, three years back, I believe, they they invested into the future. I mean, people were making jokes about, are they scouting the kindergartners of the world right now? I mean, this is a Oklahoma City Thunder team who's bought into the future, and the future is starting to arrive. I mean, Chet finally arrives, and I mean, he's got the height um, nearly, or is seven foot, about 190. And I mean, when he's going against the likes of LeBron James, I mean, uh, I, I think fa- people were expecting that... Um, They wanted to see the durability of Chet Holmgren. And unfortunately, last night, uh, or not last night, but when they were in the Pro-Am, he suffered that foot injury. So it should be interesting to see how he recovers. I mean, Zion has suffered from a foot injury in the past two years. So hopefully, um, Chet can recover quickly. But I believe when Chet comes back and the Thunder, if they keep going into the future, this is a team that that will still look very bright in, in the near
3: future.
1: I mean, you never want to see your number two pick go down for an entire season, especially before he even puts on that jersey and steps on to that court. But he was a tight prospect. You know, he was injury-prone to physical guys like Giannis and Bede and, well, I mean, LeBron because – and it's just – for those who don't know, this is a tall and skinny seven-foot player. Very lanky, just – he's not your – he's not as big i guess as lebron and giannis like where they you can just see their muscles all the time but Chet was the final piece for the thunder there was this was their time this let's build up this rookie let's make him our franchise and to just see him go down like that i mean that's just heartbreaking but they are getting reimbursed approximately 4 million after the 41 games that he's going to miss this season so they gonna get the money out of it, but it's just you never wanna see your next big thing just Take a hit like that and just, just go down.
0: And. No, you don't. You you don't want to see your your rookie prospect, the one of the best picks of the draft. One people were considering him the number one pick, but we saw Paulo Benchero take that um, you know, right away. But yes, the list Frank injury, it's very unique and I searched it up actually just to see how long it would take for a normal person to heal from this injury, not less <laughs> an NBA athlete. Um it's gonna take you about six to twelve weeks with a boot a boot on your foot. And then after that, it could take several surgeries and it could take a year or more to return to intensive exercise like running or playing sports so are we seeing a similar Markel Fultz situation if you remember that you know we had a we had a high draft pick come in get injured and he re- really never got to his performance levels of before I just wanted to hear you know what are your thoughts about this draft class that we had in the NBA I know we didn't get to talk much on it because BCR took an end or you know in May so what are you are who are you guys excited for the most in this NBA draft I know we had Paulo Banchero, Jabari Smith we got Chet Holgram, of course. I'm excited for Jabari Smith for good reason. I'm a Houston Rockets fan, and I think <laughs> Jabari Smith is going to do great things. I mean, he's pretty tall. His father was in the NBA before, so he has that talent. And I think he can go really far. I've seen him in college, and I'm seeing him now in the summer league. He didn't perform as well against Paulo Ventura. He had 11 points, one outing, I think eight points the next outing. But he has performed in those other games he was in the summer league. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this rookie draft class and any rookies that you guys are interested in.
2: Well, yeah, just first off, uh, going back to that foot injury, really hope that I'm really wishing Chet a speedy recovery. Of course. and I, then I also wonder when he comes back, will they try to move him more to a perimeter player? I mean, it's just so hard. I mean, he's a seven-foot guy. You want, they drafted him for his rim protection. If you got to watch March Madness, I mean, Chet had it just seemed like unlimited blocks anytime anybody went up against him. I mean, he was swatting all those balls away. So hopefully they can get him back to that rim protector, or will he go more to a three-point threat? I mean, you see um, KD, what he can do at the at the three-point line. So we just hope that uh, when he comes back, he's back to the person he was. Now going over to the number one draft pick, Paula Uh If y'all follow NBA Twitter, you've seen that he's been beefing with DeJounte Murray all summer long, the former Spur who's gone to Atlanta. Um, I mean, he's been, he's been mouthing a lot and I want to, I want to see that he can back that up whenever he, whenever he comes into the league. Cause I, I mean, if, if he can go toe to toe with these, um, with these NBA stars in pro ams, I don't doubt that he can do it in the league and it should be an exciting year. Justin, as you mentioned for all these draft picks,
1: I'm also excited for Paulo Ventura cause just like you said, you don't want someone who's gonna be mouthing online and can't Back it up. So hopefully he can back that up. But I'm excited just to see, you know, he was in the Coach K era, just see what he can bring t- with that. So I think Magic, you know, they yep. got a good one. And hopefully that they can just keep him out of trouble and just stay on top.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Magic are really just trying to look for someone that can bring their seating up. I don't really think the Magic has ever been a, a question for a contender in the playoffs since Dwight Howard was there, okay? And that was about 2012, so about 10 years ago when I was in middle school. But, yes, no, the, the Magic are looking for that you know, that, that performance from Paulo Benchero. And Paulo Benchero, yeah, he's, he's chirping, and he's chirping to a former Spurs, so we'll see what happens when, you know, they're both on the court together. You know, those NBA moments are when you get dunked on, and when he had shown up after you chirp, so that definitely does happen um but yes we um just have a little bit of time left here guys um and before we go to a quick little break here um i just wanted to hear y'all's thoughts if y'all we'll maybe touch on this a little bit later if we get the chance but i saw aaron donald If you guys saw this, Aaron Donald in a in a preseason game against the Bengals gets in a brawl with a whole two two teams here get into a massive brawl. It was on ESPN Sports Center. You may have heard about it. Aaron Donald two helmets in his hand one in each and he's swinging them at players i just want to hear what that rivalry must be like former super bowl teams seeing each other in the preseason and what does this look like for the the rest of the season <laughs> yeah i mean they talked about it on
2: sports center um the analysts were talking about whenever you're having those uh scheduled practices you see the guy all you see the guy on the other end of the ball all day long and i mean you just you, he's not your teammate you don't like him so i mean he he just starts to kind of irritate you and i mean eventually tempers um tempers flare and i mean these are two super bowl teams they don't like each other in the first place and then you you gotta look at the guy all day long and i mean he keeps touching you he keeps he got all the sweat on you i mean eventually that's gonna (laughs) that's gonna roll over and i mean especially i mean aaron Donald's is one of the best in the business right now and i mean if something was said to him i mean that is Aaron Donald, I mean, he's go swinging. (laughs)
1: Personally, I would not want to mess with Aaron Donald. I would not want to get on his bad side. So, you know, because two helmets in a hand, that's literally crazy, but it's good football. He got rivalries. And speaking
0: of football, on the other side of this break, we're going to take a quick little break here. We have a football press conference. With no other than Jake Spavidol and the Texas State coaching staff this Tuesday, we got a snippet of that. We will have that for you on the other side of this break. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 899. Hi there, hello, and welcome back to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Justin Brown, joined with the wonderful Presley Davis. And Joey Gonzalez on the board. We've had a great Friday episode so far. We talked about Texas State volleyball, soccer. We talked about San Marcos football and some NBA, NFL drama. But we'd like to bring it back home a little bit, back to San Marcos, because we have audio from the Texas State football uh press conference last tuesday at 11 a.m and we got some audio here for you listeners um we're going to play this it's about a 15 minute clip um we will be talking to you all right after that and we'll talk about this press conference and what we heard and what jake spavitol said but yes listen now thank you
3: yeah uh so transitioning into mock week uh this is kind of a uh it's kind of like pulling teeth in a way but it's uh it's very necessary for uh kind of the development of uh you know, of a game week and your program and where it's at, because this is the acclimatization phase of them going into their class schedules. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts. So like, they got to figure out their study hall hours. They got to figure out their class schedules. They got to figure out when, uh, uh, you know, they're going to do, like when they're going to eat and when they're going to do all the, all the kind of off the field type of things on top of uh, how we educate them, how we do a Sunday practice, what we do on Mondays, uh, how we do a Tuesday and Wednesday practice, and also with our Friday, our Thursday walkthroughs, and our Friday kind of run-through type plays, and uh, uh, and then it leads up to Saturday, which is a mock game, which um, you know that is a very tedious still as well. But uh, that's where they they learn where they warm up, where they stretch, where they sit on the bench. Um, you know, if they need the sideline phone to communicate to uh, you know the press box. Uh, and then it's also special teams call-ups so you know there's always like punt team alert on third downs and making sure that they're getting all the bodies so you don't have any substitution issues so uh, you know though on on Saturday the mock game is going to be uh, uh, it's, it's a very tedious deal but it it, uh, it allows us to work some you know scenarios that we don't really get to we get to work the kick six and surprise on sides and onside kicks and hands team and and fake punts and fake field goals and you know, uh, end of the game scenarios with centers, center right and center left with, uh, you know, for the kickers and, uh, working clock scenarios as well. So we, we hit everything on, uh, on Saturday, but really the whole purpose of this week is to make sure that, uh, we kind of, uh, you know, smooth out the wrinkles. Um, so when we get to game week, it runs smoothly and there's no distractions. Um, also there's been a lot of discussions on, you know, um, you know depth chart scout team developmental lift you know all those type of deals and uh uh you know um I think we've handled it pretty uh, professionally right now and I, I really like what this team's at um, um but I know you guys are all you know want to know about the starting quarterback which uh you know it's going to be Lane Hatcher um you know Lane you know it was uh it was kind of a great competition it was but you know, I, I think just where he was at, he kind of won every category from efficiency to decision-making to touchdowns to uh, completion percentage. Um, but, you know, more likely he was a, a unanimous vote-getter for a team captain. So that shows you the impact that Lane's already uh, had on this program. And, um, you know, he was one of the highest vote-getters on our team. So it just shows you what uh, uh, what he had um, and what he brings to this team already. Um but, uh, you know, just to give it up to Ty Evans, you know, um, I thought he competed well. You know, I think he, uh, you know, just for us talking, you know, he didn't have the the greatest start to fall camp that he would like. But, you know, I know what he's capable of. I do. And, uh, you know, we had our conversation yesterday and what type of man, you know, Ty Evans is. He, you know, it, you never take that type of news greatly. But, uh, you know, he showed up and. Uh, today with a great sense of urgency and demeanor and he's here to compete and here to you know make sure that he's ready to go if an opportunity comes his way and uh i was really pleased and uh, really proud of how the kid handled this situation and because uh, it means a lot to him it does and uh, and he competed at a high level and uh you know you look at cj rogers coming in as well and uh, he's brought a lot to the table so um you know, I, I think he's got a bright future as well. I think uh, Ty and uh, CJ are going to continue to rep and, and can and keep competing against each other. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a good little battle, you know, moving forward. But, uh, you know, Lane is our starter and uh, and one of our team captains. You know, we also had uh, Sione Tupo as a team captain. Uh, you have Jordan Revels and Kyle Urgle And uh, those four guys had a majority of all the votes in this room. And, you um, you know, uh, you would throw kind of London Harris up in there too, who got a lot of votes, and and Tyler Huff, and Calvin Hill and Jordan Mask, and then there's some um, some few more out there. But uh, you know, it was uh, it was pretty obvious that the team wanted these four to be their captain. So. Uh, but overall, there's a lot more moving parts uh, with, you know, you know all the other positions, there's going to be a lot of bodies playing. You know, the quarterback's always going to be that one that you got to announce because I'm a believer in sticking to one guy and, and uh, telling him that, you know, you are the guy to and, you know, we're, we're going to be behind you regardless of how things work out. You know, it's, it's hard to sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, but, you know, it's the consistency of, you know, showing back up and doing it. So, um, but all the other positions, you know, you're going to see a lot of different moving parts, especially in these first four games. So, questions?
1: Hey, Coach, you know, you mentioned
2: uh, him being almost unanimous captain. Maybe the intangible wise, what did you see that, that maybe endeared himself to the locker room, to, to, to you, to, to everybody in this program?
3: You know, I'd say Lane's work ethic is, is you know, unparalleled to anything right now. Um, I've, I've coached a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of NFL quarterbacks with extreme work ethics. Uh, he, he tops it all. Uh, I'm saying he's the first guy in here. He's he's walking through with receivers before practice. Uh, you know he's he's in the staff meetings all the time with us. You know learning the offense and and understanding what what needs to be accomplished. Uh, he comes back out here. He he turned the stadium lights on literally every single night. You know throughout the course of the summer and throughout the course of spring to throw with receivers. And uh, you know he really died, like dove into you know everybody on this team. You know and I think you know they they see a kid who's willing to sacrifice everything to be successful uh, that means a lot to everybody else out there you know and uh I'm telling you like I, I I just me talking about you know his work ethic doesn't you know do it justice because like I'm telling you he he's literally in here from you know five in the morning till you know eight nine ten o'clock at night every single day you know and uh uh you know that's the the sacrifices he takes he you know he he deletes his social media. He does everything. You know, he, he is strictly focused on football and what matters to him. And and uh, when he goes out there and competes, he does not take one play off. He's locked in every single play that he's out there in terms of just going through progressions and, and not, not guessing, just making sure that he's very thorough with his reads and, and decision-making. And uh, I thought he did a, an, an exceptional job for us. You know, and uh, you, you can ask anybody in that locker room. Uh, you know, just that, you know, he'd, he'd be willing to take a bullet for anybody out there. So, you know, he kind of galvanizes that team to play even harder for him. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, you kind of saw it trending that way in in the competition. But when the captain votes came out, you know, it, it was pretty obvious from that point. You know, last week, we kind of talked about just the overall team and, you know, the offense and the defense and what they needed to get
2: better at. I believe on defense it's getting off the field on third down <clears and throat> on offense turnovers. I know it's mock week, so a lot of it's just about, you know, organization and being able to be acclimated, but what are kind of just, after that week... Uh, what are kind of still the keys for offense and defense? Are it
3: still those? Or are there some- yeah, no, there's some other things too. You know, defensively, you know, like we, it's the get off the field on third down. And offensively, we need our third down percentage to increase as well. You know, it's scoring touchdowns in the red zone for the offense. You know, I thought the defense did a decent job of holding them to field goals. The offense needs to be more efficient in scoring. Uh, but one of the main, you know, is that we've done, you know, in fall camp is, uh, you know, the uh, negative plays. You know, um, you know, I think defensively, you want to have a lot of negative plays. Uh, and Zach's put an emphasis on that. And offensively, you know, you're not going to call perfect plays and you may get stuck at something. It's just how you manage to, to minimize your damage. And, uh, uh, you know, in the past, we know we were over probably 10 plays a game, you know, in negative yard, uh, negative plays. Uh, so that's something that we've been putting a big emphasis offensively on is making sure we're not moving backwards because we are a pretty, you know, You know we we're a rhythm offense you know when we get in a rhythm i think we're pretty dangerous but it's when we're sputtering and going back and the inconsistencies of that that makes it difficult to call plays and and it's hard for us to get into a, a rhythm thing so um that's kind of been the main talking point as of lately but you know you can talk turnover margin critical downs you can talk you know red zone scoring percentage you can talk uh pre and post snap penalties uh you know also um You know, a yards-per-play margin is a very large one as well um, in terms of being explosive plays. But if I feel like if we're eliminating negative plays offensively and we're creating negative plays defensively, you know, I think that's going to work in your advantage on all the other categories.
2: Kind of backtracking a little bit, talk about Ty and the captain position. Talk about the other three and why you think that those guys were some of the reasons why they were United's
3: chosen. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you talk about Sione. Sione is – he – he's the old head is what we always laugh at because this is his seventh year of football, college football, you know, which is a lot, you know, and, and he knows it. And, uh, but I think, you know, last year when we got to that bye week and we had a lot of ups and downs of, you know, COVID injuries, all sorts of that stuff. And we had a guest speaker and uh, it flipped the switch, you know, and uh, Sione kind of, you know, took that role over and, and he's been around, seen a lot of football and he was playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, he gave a really passionate speech too, to the team. Uh, you know, during our team talks and, you know, I was proud of him because he ended up getting, a, you know, a lot of votes he did and Kyle Erbel and just his impact since he's been here and, and the toughness that he brings and the work ethic that he brings him and Lane are probably the two hardest workers, you know, in our building. They're, they're here nonstop. And, um, you know, Kyle, like, you know, you root for him because, you know, he's he's tough, he works hard, he cares, he's turned into a great leader right now. Uh, and, you know, he's one of those guys that has potential to play at the next level. And uh, you'll see him playing at the next level because of how he approaches the game. So, you know, we've been talking about bringing in guys that want to work hard and, and change the narrative of this place. And, you know, he epitomizes that, you know. And, uh, and then Jordan Revels has been here since day one. You know, he's that guy that's had the chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, under-recruited. Uh, Houston Touchdown Club Player of the Year from North Shore. Yeah, and, and he's been at winning programs. He knows what discipline looks like. He knows what toughness is. And and uh, I've just been proud of him, how, how he's just progressed. You know, um, I think he's been one of the more, you know, overlooked guys in our conference, um, a lot because of his size. And But, you know, the thing is, is he, he always finds a way to make a play in every single game. And uh, he's got a ton of respect from everybody in here just by the way he approaches the game and, and just by the demeanor that he has with everybody in here. So, uh you know, this has been a, a strong group of leaders that we've had. But, like, I've been even more impressed with everybody else, too, because we've got some other guys that are speaking up and, and have leadership roles. You know, those are the four that that got voted the most. But, I, I'm pleased we have a lot more leaders on this team than what we've ever had.
2: You talk about, you know, rhythm offense. How comfortable are you, comfortable are you with laying the entire playbook? Do you ease it in? Is it, does it change, obviously? After you get some game action, like
3: where I guess are you at with with that process? Yeah, no, the offense is full speed ahead. This is probably the most uh, I've ever put in because he handles it. You know, he's up here with a work ethic that I've said is uh, is phenomenal, and and uh, it allows me uh, to put more in because he knows what I'm seeing, and he and he can communicate and operate it. He, i you, he goes home and he studies it at night. You know, like when you walk in the morning, like he's to that point where uh, it always makes me happy you know, and I always laugh at it when you start to signal the play, he turns around and kind of just waves you off. Cause he already knows what I'm talking about, you know, and that's when you know that you got a good one in. And, uh, I'm saying, so I, I can put more and more on this kid cause he can handle it, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, I'm not going to slow down. Uh, you know, there'll probably be a little things to figure out throughout the course of the game, but we have, we've practiced so much. We've had so many live scenarios in our fall camp and our spring that I have a pretty good vibe and idea of what he can and can't handle. And, uh, you know, we'll. Uh, you know, I feel really good going into our first game. But uh, you know, obviously there there could be changes based off of how it goes. You know, it's always different when you have live bullets thrown at you. But uh, uh, I, for the most part, we're full speed ahead with Lang. You know,
1: we,
2: with uh, quarterback set, what
3: about some of the other positions on the depth chart that aren't quite set you still feel there's a, there's a competition? <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, D-line, there's a couple moving parts with it, you know, just with the addition of the, the guys that we brought in with the Bell brothers and Nelson McBannasore and Myron Warren uh, and uh, Kawan Robinson, like, you know, those guys are just great additions on top of the, like, you know, Nico and Jordan Revels and Isaiah Nixon, the guys that we've had. Uh, so you know you're gonna see like where I'm pleased with is we got depth, you know. So like they're you're gonna have fresh bodies when they're in there. So, but we're still trying to figure out you know who's gonna be the first one to go out and on the first snap, you know. And uh, I think that there's some outvaluation still going on, you know, throughout the course of this week and, uh, and next week. But they're all gonna play. That's why you know you announce the quarterback position because you know we're only gonna play one. Um, uh, that goes out there and you you know you you got his back the whole way, but. Uh, O-line's pretty sol- uh, solidified right now. Running backs, you know, are pretty solidified as well. But receivers, you're going to see a lot of them. You know, you want to see how Charles Brown goes, and he got Toe back in the mix, and Ashton's back in the, the slot receiver. and. Uh, You got D-Rob and you got Drew Jackson playing inside and outside right now. So, like, you're going to see a lot of different moving parts. But, you know, I think with receiver play, it goes down to who's going to be the most consistent throughout the course of the week and who we can rely on the most, you know, uh, in terms of doing the right things, getting in, you know, not busting the assignment, making sure you're in the right spots at the right time. And then, you know, naturally you go from there in games, that they're making plays or not, you know. So uh you know the the db scenario is going to be a little bit interesting because you've got a lot of moving parts you know um you know uh with baby j being fully cleared um which is a great deal like uh, i forgot to announce that but that's a a huge deal for us and and what an unbelievable story for that kid i'm telling you like just the tears of joy just to be allowed to play again um has been great because he's been through a lot of ups and downs over the last two years with injuries unfortunate injuries meniscus tears and and shoulder surgeries and hip surgeries and all sorts of stuff. And uh, he's now playing at a high level and he's, and I like, we're so happy for him right now. And, but he adds more depth in at the nickel position. So, you know, you can move DeJordan mask around and, uh, you know, Torrey Spears playing at a high level and you got Kevin Anderson in the back as well. I think the corner position on rotations is going to be uh, unique with, you know, uh, Chris Mills and, and Rod and AJ Edwards. And he even got Javin Ware out there and, and, and PK. Uh, So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts like the back end. We just got to solidify when we're in a base package uh, in a dime package, you know, and where those bodies go. Um, We feel good about them. We do. We just got to figure out where they're at, uh, you know, in their in their best moments. And and when injuries do occur is are these the right guys in these right scenarios? So, you know, losing Zion and. Um, you know, just kind of. Uh, we have got a couple guys beat up with nothing crazy, but uh, that, that that forces us to move. Have a lot of moving parts in the back end, so that's probably going to be the one that's the most interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Hi there, hello, and welcome back to Bobcat Radio. You just got done listening to the Texas State football press conference that was held last Tuesday we got to hear plenty of great news from this press conference and we also got to find out the Texas State football captains and we will start off with the quarterback here Lane Hatcher Lane Hatcher coming from Arkansas State has put up good numbers and he's looking like he's going to make an impact here today we got Kyle Hergel we got Simone Tupoe and Jordan Revels as the captains for your 22 year uh, for the 22 Texas State Bobcat football team. This football team is obviously looking excited, exciting, guys. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this football team. I know we're about to have the first game of the season here. I mean, the first the first home game is going to be September 10th against Florida International University. I just want to hear what your thoughts on that first game. I know it's going to be a blackout game. Uh, what are you all looking forward to seeing this season with these new captains?
2: Well, uh, Lane hatcher he, he looked really impressive. Uh, I got to see him play a couple of times. I mean, he's slinging the ball really well. Um, as long as they can, as long as they can spread out the offense, and they just—they just need—they just, need, um, just need to make good play calls. I guess is what <laughs> I'm looking for. I mean, they—they've had some um, some plays where they just struggle to move the ball forward at critical points in the game so i'm just saying that if lane hatcher can um find a way to convert on those two-minute drills um move the ball forward and i mean just game management as long as lane hatcher and this bobcat offense can do that i think this is a up year for texas state and hopefully that this is a texas state team that can finally be bowl eligible
1: i like i was saying earlier i'm looking forward to this season you know we they might make a bowl game this year that's a possibility and it's just mm-hmm. Texas State's never, in program history, has never made a bowl game. So to be here reporting, to be watching a team that has a chance to make history, I mean, that's, I don't see how you couldn't be excited for this season. And, you know, like Joey was saying, if they can just figure out how to just move the ball, just, you gotta just, you gotta just play football how you know to play football and just, Go together out on the team. So
0: a hundred percent. I think with Lane Hatcher having new keys to the offense, it's gonna be some exciting things. But yes, we got some MLB postseason to talk about on the other side of this break. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9 Hi there, hello, and welcome back to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. This year host, Justin Brown. I'm joined at the wonderful Presley Davis and Joey Gonzalez on the board. We've had a great Friday episode for you so far. We talked plenty about Texas State sports, football press conference we just listened to, but now we're going to take a transition to some more national sports, and we're talking about a sport that's an American classic. It's the MLB, and October 7th is when their playoffs will be starting. I know it's a while away, but I just wanted to hear, who are y'all looking forward to seeing the most in the playoffs? Who is your team to win it all, and why? Starting with Presley.
1: Oh, man. Well, I would like to say my Texas Rangers. I really would. Wow. Believe me. Okay. Believe me, I would. But, which I don't know if this is any better, they're going to be rooting behind the Yankees. Like, I, I mean, I just, I really do enjoy watching Yankee baseball. It's always just, just baseball. And I just, I just like watching. I know it's going to be a good game. They're going to make their plays. They're one thing I have a pet peeve of is not running through first. They're going to run through. Like, it's just. The good baseball versus the Texas Ranger baseball. So I'm going to be rooting for my Yankees. And then maybe next season, maybe I'll be rooting for my Rangers.
2: I think the Rangers next year have a good chance of making the postseason. I mean, they got they got a great middle infield right now with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Martin Perez is an ace right now for the Rangers, Uh, made the All-Star game this past year. So the Rangers could look promising in the next couple years. But if I had to go for the American League Championship Series, I think I would go with the Houston Astros and New York Yankees. The Cleveland Guardians have played a pretty good year, but I just don't think they're enough to take on those two powerhouses I think the Yankees will get get back on track in October and I think they could take out the Houston Astros in the end looking over to the National League I think the L.A. Dodgers, I mean, they've been hot all year long, but I think ultimately the heat, the hot streak will come to an end in the National League Championship Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. This has been a team who's been great all season long, very consistent. They've had Albert Pujols, who's just been hitting the ball out of the yard. Lately, Adair Molina, he's always a reliable catcher. And then you got Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, the former Bobcat, he's going for the Triple Crown. I mean, this is a St. Louis Cardinals team who's got players all around. So I think ultimately the Cardinals can get into the World Series and I think they'll be playing the New York Yankees
0: well if those are the teams you're picking I'm just going to stick to my blood and my roots and I will stick to the Houston Astros, okay. I think the Houston Astros is going all the way. I'm a I'm an Astros fan. I don't care if we cheated one year. <laughs> I'm still going for it. I think we can do it. And one reason behind that is Jeremy Pena. Okay, this freshman. I mean, this rookie, not freshman, sorry, rookie is making a huge impact in the league, guys. I mean, he's doing great things. He's hitting 224, 259, and 366 since June 1st, and he has been improving from there steadily. I think this Astros team is doing a lot of great things. I don't know if you saw Justin Ver. Verlander the other day, giving Correa, you know, a good run for his money. But Correa did stop that no hitter in the sixth inning the other day. And uh, the Astros just went six and zero over the twins in the year of 2022, which is just great news. Um, I think behind Verlander, you know, he has been pitching. He's 39 years old, but it's and he has a, you know, he has a different ligament in his elbow <laughs> from his surgery. And he's still performing like he's a young buck in the MLB. So I'm super excited to see. What this MLB postseason will have. Now, guys, I, I wanted to transition into some some weather because we have some time here and it was a rainy week i don't know if many of you bobcats made it through your first week without you know getting drenched Mm -hmm. in rain so i'm glad you know now if you're new to texas state you need an umbrella but yes presley could you give us some weather for this weekend and maybe possibly
1: days after that yes it is currently 91 and sunny outside i know when i walked to the bus stop this morning i was like oh well this is new (laughs) So, today the high will be 94 with a low of 72. Then through this weekend, it'll have lows of 74 and 75 with highs of 96. So, hopefully it's not too hot, not too cloudy or anything. It does look like it'll be sunny, but starting Monday, the rain comes back. So, good luck at your classes because I know I was not happy about walking through campus like that.
2: Well, it seems that every time there's classes, that's when it decides to (laughs) rain. I mean, every single time I... I was outside it just it just felt like it was drizzling, and the problem whenever it drizzles it it just it's just so irritating it's like. Rain or go away. I don't. <laughs> I don't want these little tappers. I mean, it's just, it's just so irritating to me. So bobcats, bring an umbrella uh, when you're in San Marcos during August, September. You never know what's gonna happen. So yeah, bring this an umbrella. Might
1: be a January.
0: Or a rain jacket. And I. I bring that. another suggestion. You know, bring some sunscreen because you might be waiting <laughs> at the bus stop for a while. I've seen the bus stops. At, I mean, I've never seen that many people around a bus in my entire life. It, I. I. I think Texas State just looking a little more popular this year. I'm glad we got a huge new freshman class. 7,500 came to Texas State this year. But guys, we got a little off topic here. But yes, we had an amazing show this Friday's show. We want to thank y'all for listening. Um, you guys made it through your first week of. Texas State classes. I hope everyone had a great week of classes and didn't get drenched in rain. This was an amazing episode of Bobcat Radio. This is your host, Justin Brown. I had the wonderful co-host Presley Davis and Joey Gonzalez here on the boards. We want to thank you for listening this Friday morning and afternoon and have a wonderful rest of your week and let's get you to the other side of radio.